Just before we start the show, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we live, work and play. We acknowledge their ongoing connection and custodianship for country. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and their stories and journeys that have led us to where we are today. Let's meet our next guest. Joining us in the studio today, we have Benjamin Trini, who is a junior strategist at TBWA. Ben, how are you going? Love I'm the good. fit today, love Thank the shoes. You. Thank you. No, I'm going great. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, sun's out. Yeah. Can't really complain. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, we're going to jump straight in the icebreaker. Mm-hmm. So are you the type of person on your phone to have a thousand notifications on all the apps or you have to get rid of them? No, get rid of them straight away. Yeah. Any, all my emails, as soon as I get three, four, five Michael, Michael, Michael is red. I even, on my text messages, make sure I have the read receipts. Mm-hmm. So it forces me, when I read it, have to reply. So I'm definitely clean, no notifications. Yeah. 100%. We're exactly the same. Yeah. Every time an email comes in, it's important I pin yeah. it if I have to reply yeah. straight away. Same exactly. thing. Um, so what are you passionate about? Passionate, a little bit obsessed. Um, maybe I've taken it a bit too far, but my <laughs> big passion point is definitely sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a weird story how I got passionate about sneakers. Yeah. So growing up, I was short, I'm not tall, as mm-hmm. you know, I'm not the tallest <laughs> guy, but growing yeah. up, I was very short. Whenever I had to buy sneakers or whenever I had to go shoe shopping, I always got stuck with, you know, the orthopedic style school shoes, <laughs> um, the very dad style New Balances, which happened to be um, in now, but I got stuck yep. with them growing up. So I never had flashy Nikes, flashy Adidas sneakers. Mm-hmm. And even so much so, so I played soccer as well growing up. And when I used to go to get my soccer boots, it got to the point where the guys who were selling me sne- uh, soccer boots were like, I think you have to get your boots custom made. Like your foot's too wide. It's too short. Like nothing fits you. Either it's really long. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to kick a soccer ball. Yeah. And it just like would never, would never work. <laughs> no one probably knows what they are. They're called X-Blades. Like, never heard never of them. Never heard of them. I don't know if they even exist anymore. Yeah. But they were just like puffy, white leather sneakers, uh, soccer boots, and I just never never had the chance to, you know, indulge in nice sneakers or nice soccer boots. So so that's a long-winded way into how I got into my passion point. So f- from then, um, grew up, got a bit taller, my foot yeah. started to grow, it was all fine. So as soon as I graduated high school, um, my first job I got was at Hype, the sneaker yeah. store. So mm-hmm. kind of a double-edged sword, good, but also a very expensive habit. Yeah, started the obsession. Yeah, that's where the (laughs) obsession started, got into it, and I just came a weekly thing of, you know, I get paid, discount, sneakers. Like, I was just always buying sneakers. So, got to the point where I was just living my childhood through sneakers. My heart hurts when someone was like, you need to get custom sneakers. You're like, no. Especially that age, you'd be like, don't, please. I already feel different. I I don't want this. And I feel bad for my parents because every year when we would go school, school shopping for shoes, Mm -hmm. like they would give me this talk, like, you know, um, you know you have a wide foot, so don't expect you're going to get you know, the same shoes as your brothers. They're going to be a little bit different, a little bit wider. So they would always prep me, but I would always be like really moody or sulky because I just never got never got cool sneakers in, in primary school. And then obviously in high school, I started to get the nice one. So Yeah. Um, what's the most extreme length you've gone to to get sneakers? I think there's three big things all sneakerheads do, and I've done all of them but there's one thing I've done a little bit extra. So mm-hmm. three big things is you wait in line to buy sneakers at these ungodly hours. So mm-hmm. I've been in lines 
from like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and a few sneaker retailers in the city will get these ultra rare limited edition sneakers. The whole point of it is you go and line up really early to get your best shot at it. So a few of my mates, we would go and line up in Pitt Street or there used to be this sneaker shop called Sneaker Boy. So we'd go line up at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and you know we would be the 14th, 15th people because people would be camping all week, like ridiculous. And so I'd wait, I'd wake, we'd wake up, we'd go super early and maybe out of, I went to three or four early morning sneaker releases, none. Because they're all sold out by the time we got there to our sizes. So that's the big one they all do. Secondly is pay resell, ridiculous amount for sneakers. Okay. So if you don't get it in line or if you don't get it when it releases for retail price, people lining up will get it and flip it for like double, triple the amount. So... I've been on the sucker end of that where I've paid that re- that resale no. price. Do I want to ask how <sighs> much you probably paid over? Yeah. So first time I went to New York, I went to this sneaker store called Fly Club. And they're just an ordinary pair of Ultra Boost. Retail would be 120 Australian, like just normal. Yeah. I think I paid 400 <gasps> for them Australian dollars. <laughs> oh, my and God. I still have them now, which is great. There's one of the ones that I've kept. Yeah. I was about to say, um, you better not have sold no, them. No, I've kept them. <laughs> they're ones the first proper like expensive like normal sneaker so mm-hmm. i kept them that's probably so those two and the third one which i've done as well is sold sneakers to unusual people yeah so like i said I used to work at hype so i had a bit of a collection i started to just unload them when it got a bit too much mm-hmm. so just recently i did a big clear out my big thing is when i sell sneakers is i want to meet them face to face because yep. i've had some issues where you ship them they say they never got it and you're stuck like paying them back. I always want to meet these people face to face. And I was texting this guy. He said he lives close to my area. I was like, cool, like, let's meet up. Let's meet up. But he was like, no, no, I really want you to send it. Really want you to send it. And then it got to the point where he was just like, look, I'm actually in jail. What? Could you come to the prison? I was like, no. What? Like, how? A, so many questions. Like, (laughs) A, how do you have a phone? B, like, I'm not going to come to a prison. How are you going to give me cat? It was just... So it was like a block, blocked him, did yeah. not reply to that. So I had that one. Then I had this guy who would message me because I had this big selling list. Can you send me photos of you wearing your shoes? Um, can you send me the photos of what you're, of the shoes you're wearing right now? Can I buy the shoes on your feet right now? And it was just what? really weird. So I've had a few weird encounters. So those three weird things. So when I want to sell my sneakers, that's a big thing, like, want to get it out there, go on every platform, you come across some really weird people. But the unique one I've gone to getting sneakers is when I used to work at Hype. Yeah. Like I said, we used to sell these limited release sneakers. And the big thing was if you were working, you Mm -hmm. weren't allowed to buy them until like the general public have purchased it. I'd be the one to unpack the sneakers, put them in the system. So I'd hide like my (laughs) pair. Yeah. So we would have maybe one or two in every size and I would hide mine on some random shelf in the back. Yeah. Well, once all like the hype around these sneakers have left, I would like get my pair, scan it, and just like buy it for myself. So that's probably the four biggest lengths. Yeah. Definitely obsessed then. Yeah, it's and a lot. You've definitely told me offline. Um, how did you get your job now? You did oh, a really interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. So yeah, I carried my passion even to work. So back at hype, I would get these. People would buy odd and even shoes, and then they would like give it back. And then we, I had, I just collected like a left foot of every shoe, right right foot of every shoe who didn't make it, didn't sell it. I used to get these shoes and I would put my resume on my sneaker. Wow. So I would like draw, my mate and I, I wasn't like a good drawer, but my mate mm-hmm. would draw these 
journey I've been on to get into advertising. Um, I'll take old boxes and I'll wrap it in my resume. And then I would turn like the tissue paper. I went to Officeworks. You couldn't buy tissue paper and I would print like my cover letter on it. And yeah, so it was interesting. I met a lot of I think advertising naturally leans itself to people and like sneak ahead well. Like my CSO, my boss right now, Matt Springgate, that's how we connected. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I remember listening to that and be like, oh, that's, I want to do that, but I'm not into sneakers (laughs) like him, so it's not going to work. So do you have any family traditions? If so, what are they and when did they start? um, Both my parents are Italian. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough to have three grandparents still alive, 100% all Italian, born in Italy. Um... So we have a lot of traditional Italian um, Italian traditions. So we do the whole pizza, pasta, limoncello, wine, salami. We do it all. Mm-hmm. We do we do it all. And you know, I think you got sh- you got movies like Looking for Our Brandy. You have Instagram now. They're really like I feel there's this big trend in these like older grandparents like really romanticizing what they were doing, their traditions. And I think that's. It's, it's a bit funny because when you do it, when you do those pizza, pasta, sauce days in real life, it's so hectic. Like, it's crazy. So we, they're, they're the big traditions we follow through. And I think it's not truly represented in media and in TV because it is a process. It's, yeah. it's high stress, high intense. There's... Um, Does everyone have a set job? Everyone has a set job. It's a logistical <laughs> nightmare. My grandparents want to run it. But then my uncles and aunties and my mom want to try this new way, but they're set in their stone. Yeah. Um, they don't want to change it. But we're like, oh, maybe we could do it like this. It could be quicker. No. And there's arguments and there's, it's a lot. It's not as wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as wholesome as what I think people think, think so it is. So an example, like if you're doing a sauce day, how long would that sauce oh. last? And like, what do you do? Yeah. So the sauce, sauce is a really good example because we stock up the whole year. We get... Oh, it's like 200 boxes of just red tomatoes. We're okay. up at four, four in the morning. <laughs> Finally, one of the sneaker, one of the days I went to line up on a sneaker day was one of the days a sauce, of the day. So, a sauce day. So my <laughs> parents were ready up early to drop me off. But anyway, back to back to the story. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing 200 boxes of sauce. We're up 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, washing each individual tomato. We slice each individual tomato. We boil them. Um, and then we like process it and squash it. So it's a lot and um, it's pretty hectic. I mean- my, it lasts you a whole year. lasts us a whole year. All different families come around. They all get a different bottle. Um, and then so we keep all the empty bottles and then take it. We wash them and we like, it's a very sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been doing sustainability. <laughs> we've been nailing sustainability long before, long it, before it became a thing. So yep. um, yeah, it's, it's good. But like, I was always wondering- because my family in Italy don't do like the traditions as much as we do in Australia. They don't do um, salami days or like they don't do sauce days as much as we do. They don't, you know, the pizza days. It's not something that th- they do quite often. And I was reading this thing. It's like when someone moves away from their like national country or their mm-hmm. their place of birth, they become more. Um, they express that culture more than they would back at home. And yeah. I always find that super interesting. Yeah, like, that's the same. Like, I'm half South American yeah. and we do all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. But when we speak to our aunties, they just don't just do it don't as do much. It. It's just so <laughs> interesting. Thing. I'm just like, that's so true because, you know, I feel as much Italian as what, you know, my cousins in Italy, we like, 
we grew up speaking Italian. My grand, like I even had great great grandparents yeah. um, here who could only speak Italian. My grandparents, even though they've been here for like twenty years, they barely speak English. So yeah. I always <laughs> feel like a really strong connection with with my Italian heritage, just through those traditions and those practices that we do every year. And you know, it's good to see my parents as well, although they might be doing it a little different. Still carry <laughs> still carry those traditions. Yeah. Um, are there any odd things that you used to do that you don't do anymore? Yeah, so finally growing up, it's a bit of a wee child, right? So I had... <laughs> yeah, small feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah small <laughs> yeah. feet, like could not fit into sneakers. Yeah. But this big thing was sleepwalking. So okay. I was a really big sleepwalker growing up, which I don't do anymore. I kind of grew out of it as a whole, you know, puberty thing. I would stop. So it was really weird. So I would wake up, or I would wake up in the morning and my dad would be like, oh, do you remember screaming or do you remember running down the stairs or trying to get out your window during the night? And I was like, no, I have no idea of this. And then he's like, okay, like, because you've been doing this lately. So kind of started to happen quite often where I would try and open my shutter or I would I would start to wake up downstairs on my lounge. Like it just got, it got a lot. So to kind of get over that and to, I guess maybe that helped stop me sleepwalking is I used to, my parents got this alarm stored in my room. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of this alarm was when I would walk out of my room, there, was, there would be this beam where it would send a trigger to my parents and they would wake up to stop me from like falling down the stairs. How did you not break a bone? <laughs> yeah, like how did I not, you know, f- fall down the stairs or, you know, even get out the window? Like it was it was a lot. Like I would be, wake up in the bathtub some mornings. Yeah. Um, it was hectic. So... Like I never went to school camps. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't go to like the last three school camps in high school because I was just unstable. Yeah. Like yeah. teachers were like, my parents would be like, oh, you know, he sleepwalks, but it's fine. You know, it's mm-hmm. okay. And then they were like, no, maybe we, maybe he stays home. Maybe it's not good for him to go. Because we would go on these, like, I went to an old boys school, so we'd go on these like proper camp camps from year seven to year 10. So I never went yeah. on any of those camps because of a liability I would just like but you don't do that anymore no I don't no do it anymore no more sleepwalking I'm fine <laughs> yeah. I, I completely grew out of it so yeah, yeah. that's a good thing yeah. um, and lastly to wrap this all together beyond mm. the title who are you who is Ben beyond the title I just think I was lucky enough to be raised where family comes first and grew up quite traditional I think I just you know I'm easygoing. I take every day as it comes mm-hmm. um didn't get to grow up with good sneakers, so I understand. I can empathize <laughs> with values. people, the values in that. I can <laughs> yeah. um, really understand people. So, yeah, so I think I'm just very easygoing, casual, um, yeah, very traditional type, type of person. I think that's who I am. Yeah, awesome. Title, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for your time Thank today. You. Have a good rest of the day. You too. And we'll see you soon.